This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona. This is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is going to have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. It's Friday, uh, 15 September, the year of Lord 2023. I want to start. Uh, we've got Frank is going to co-host with me, Gaffney. The whole week we've been going through uh, losing our sovereignty uh, to the Chinese Communist Party and what it means for us on a practical basis for the impeachment, the budget, all of it. Get there in a second. I want to start with Boris Epstein. Boris updates. Major polling coming out of South Carolina across the board. Uh, President Trump. Uh, under siege, this phony thing on the 14th Amendment, the lawfare down in Georgia keeps going on. Uh, give me your assessment of where we stand right now. Steve, honor be with you, honor be with the posse. Where we stand is full-spectrum dominance. President Trump yesterday in a Fox News poll, a poll that, let's be honest, has not been friendly, shown to be up 47. President Trump at 60. The Florida governor is at 17. One seven. In the same poll back in February, President Trump was up by 15.15. In August, he was up by 37. Now, President Donald J. Trump up by 47 in this poll. And if you look all across the country in the national polls, the state polls, he's absolutely annihilating this race. And I will tell you why. Look at the strength that President Trump continues to show during this powerhouse interview yesterday with Crystal Walker. You're already seeing the first clips out there him hitting all the key points and showing the absolute command of all the vital issues from the economy to national security to the uh, disaster that caused by Biden with the UAW, United Auto Workers, of course, to China, to, uh, to energy, etc. Could you even think, and even, even Megyn Kelly tweeted out, could Joe Biden last in any of these interviews for even 30 seconds? The answer is absolutely not. Could any of the pretenders of the Keebler Elves do these kind of powerhouse interviews? Absolutely not. President Trump is the leader that this country wants back as soon as possible, and he's showing it day in and day out. I'll tell you this. I had the honor of being at an event with the president yesterday in Pennsylvania. The level of engagement from the room, the level of, of enthusiasm, and President Trump's command of the vital fronts is unlike anything I've seen before, and I'm honored, I've been honored as you have to be you know, in this world now for a long time. And right now, President Trump's dominance, his command of this race, of American political political you know, spectrum, is unlike anything we've seen before. By the way, tonight he's both at the family, Tony Perkins and the Family Research Council, then he's at Concerned Women for America, giving two major addresses tonight. Of course, Fox won't cover a second of it. Uh, but don't bury the lead, uh Boris, because Kristen Welker and starting her, you know, decades plus run in Meet the Press, the revered Sunday show of NBC News, they could get him, the get they want to have is Donald Trump. That speaks to where we are. It's not the pre, it's no not doubt. the phony president of the United States. It's not anybody else in the world. They want to have get they want and they want to use that as a landmark that they started her tenure with President Trump. Give me some comments on that, Steve. And the the story that NBC participated with media the headline and the first the first paragraph ran Kristen walker and starting 
her run on the Meet the Press franchise once the most noteworthy, the most newsworthy person in the world, and that's President Donald J. Trump. That's all you have to know. That's NBC. That's BDI. That is where our zeitgeist is. Nobody wants to hear from crooked Joe Biden. Nobody wants to hear from the Keebler elves, whether it be the Florida governor trying to pretend to be President Trump by throwing out footballs on Fox News or any of these or any of these other you know, second second tier pretenders. Nobody wants to hear from them. Everybody wants to know what does President Donald J. Trump have to say and how is he going to lead our country back to greatness, which is exactly what he's going to do on energy, on the economy, on national security, on pushing back against our adversaries, and let's be honest, our allies to make sure that we do get our sovereignty back, and only President Trump can do it. Uh, Boris, I'll have you back next week. We'll talk about all the negotiations going on about the budget. But I got, we're hearing from well-placed sources that Elise Stefanik's going to step in. She did such a great job in the first impeachment. So she's now going to step in and have some sort of overall role in this impeachment process of the bribery and the treason of uh, of uh, of Biden and the Biden Cram family. Your your thoughts about Stefanik taking more? Because let's be honest, Comer's a good man. Jim Jordan's a very good man. But it's just not it with the evidence being so overwhelming. It's not being messaged right. And, and even then, 61 percent of the American people on, on the CNN poll, you know, believe that Biden was in business with his son and took money from his son who took money from foreign dictators. Uh, what's your thoughts about Stefanik stepping up here and taking a more senior role, given the great job she did in the first impeachment? There's no doubt that Chairman Stefanik, GOP Chairman Elise Stefanik, I mean, let's be honest, she made her bones in a lot of ways on that first impeachment. She stepped up. She fought hard. And, and she battled against that hoax, that absolute nonsense, on, uh, regarding the perfect phone call of President Donald J. Trump on the Ukraine. And by the way, everything President Trump said on Ukraine is so, turned out to be totally right. And let's remember the premise of that phone call was in defeating corruption in Ukraine. So Chairman Stefanik did a great job there, and I think it, it, that's a perfect fit for her to take a strong, powerful position on this impeachment. Let's get through the inquiry as, as quickly as humanly possible, and let's get to impeachment. You better believe the Democrats wouldn't be taking too long. We cannot take long either. Let's get this done. And why is that yeah. necessary? It's necessary because we are showing, the, the Republicans are finally showing the American people that it is high time for the Biden crime family to be held to account and not to be able to go and continue to make money and grip of the American people. Uh, Boris, real quickly, your um, uh, happy new year, first off, and uh, and so give much. us all your social media coordinates. Steve, it's an honor to be with you. Shana Tova to all those celebrating happy new year and to everybody listening. Wish you all happiness and health and, of course, most vitally for us, strength. See my information, hot on the website, BorisCP.com, hot on BorisCP, hot on Getter at Boris, Twitter at, Bor- at BorisCP, hot on True Social at Boris, and the hottest on the ground, Boris underscore Epstein. Stay strong. God bless and Shabbat Shalom. Thanks uh, for taking time today on uh, New Year's uh, Eve for you guys. Um, really appreciate so it, Boris. Appreciate the uh, insights. Appreciate the insights. Um, Frank Gaffney. Frank, I, I, I've been overwhelmed by the audience response this week. And, and it's kind of providential because it tied so much into what was happening in kind of the tactics and the in the everyday up the, the, this fight that you see in the House and all the things that happen on a, on a daily basis. But being able at six o'clock in the evening to pull the camera back and actually give the deeper 
uh, currents un- that that are underpinning this has been tremendous. And and we wrap up the week this week with just uh, more uh, uh, killer panelists and, and what you've done of bringing these tremendous experts uh, into the war room. I can't thank you enough, and I can't thank you enough for the week. Uh, so let's go with our topic, and, and, and who do we, we have three big hitters today, Frank? We do. I want to thank you, Steve, for your vision for this uh, special programming uh, all week long. Um, we've touched on five critical issues that our Committee on the Present Danger China, which you helped us get off the ground and have been an important part of, um, has been addressing principally through um, a series of now over 110 webinars, uh, all of which are available for free at presentdangerchina.org. We started with what we call the Global Governance Gambit, an effort that will be taking on new momentum on the 20th that is Wednesday of next week at the United Nations and uh, the disaster that that portends for our sovereignty, personal as well as national, by the way. Uh, We then went to elite capture, the phenomenon of everybody from Joe Biden to Larry Fink and members of Congress and others who have been recruited and obtained as controlled assets by the Chinese Communist Party, that term applied explicitly by one of our guests, uh, Sam Faddis. A man who knows his way around this business of intelligence and collection uh, and uh, capture of elites. We then turned to the question of whose side is Joe Biden on as a result of all that? Turns out he's not playing for our team. It's not news exactly, but we've got the receipts. It has to be part of the impeachment process. Uh, We then talked about yesterday the takedown of the United States military. You correctly characterized it, I think, as the last institution standing. These Marxists are bringing down the instrument of our national security. And C.Q. Brown, the man Joe Biden has tapped to become the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is at the forefront of that effort. He must be stopped, rejected by the Senate. Go to rejectgeneralbrown.org. Today, we're going to talk, in light of all of that background, about what do we do about this? You're a man of action. You invoke it every day with this audience. There are specific practical things that we can do. We've got three people who have spent their lives working on these kinds of issues and have some great insights into what can be done. Dr. Bradley Thayer, no stranger to this program, of course, my colleague at the Center for Security Policy, the co-author of Understanding the China Threat is going to be our leadoff batter. John Lenchowski, uh, Dr. Lenchowski has been uh, the the guy who helped Ronald Reagan as his uh, director for Soviet affairs on the National Security Council take down the last great existential threat to freedom from a communist enterprise, namely the Soviet Union. He's been the founder and uh, running and now the chancellor of a tremendous institution, the Institute of World Politics, the author of uh, numerous important books, including one entitled Full Spectrum Diplomacy and Grand Strategy, required reading if you're in this space. Uh, John will be talking about practical ideas for taking down this existential threat to freedom. Finally, we'll have Captain James Fennell, uh, one of our great heroes in the military ranks, now retired from the Navy, chief of intelligence for the Pacific fleet fleet in his last job, and a guy who is a great influencer as well as duty expert on how we can use our power, including military capabilities as needed, to shape 
the takedown of the Chinese Communist Party, which has got to be job one right now. So I propose we go to Brad Thayer quickly for his thoughts on all of this. Well, hi, Frank. Thanks very much indeed. Uh, yeah, Steve and Frank for the uh, opportunity to present today. And Frank, thanks so much for organizing uh, the, uh, the sessions uh, that we've had this week. They've been extremely helpful in allowing us to understand the nature of the threat that we face uh, from the Chinese Communist Party. What I'd like to do is talk about why the regime is in a legitimation crisis. That is why the Chinese Communist Party under Xi Jinping uh, faces, um, is in free fall in essence. Uh, uh, and that's really for two reasons. One of which is fundamentally communism is an illegitimate ideology. Uh, it was imposed on the Chinese people uh, really by Stalin working through the Communist International. Uh, it was not duly elected. There's no mandate from the people whatsoever uh, in, um, uh, in the way the CCP came to power. They were imposed by an external far force, and they are representative of a Western ideology. Um, it's uh, that communism is, originates obviously in, in the West, um, and its uh, fundamental, if you will, uh, thinkers are all Western. Um, and the ideology was given uh, to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, was, uh, uh, and, and they've ruled, obviously, as every communist state has ruled, disastrously for the Chinese people uh, and for uh, the people of the world, uh, indeed. Second point to keep in mind is that right now the regime is facing a legitimation crisis, not only because it's communist, but because Xi Jinping is in a period of enormous peril. Uh, this is a leadership which is in free fall. It's a leadership which has overstepped his ability uh, to govern. I think that explains the purges that we're witnessing. Uh, Hu Jintao at the 20th Party Congress was unceremoniously evicted, uh, previous communist leader uh, before Xi Jinping, Hu Jintao. And then the foreign minister, uh, the defense minister, senior military officials, there are reports even his doctors uh, are, are getting purged. So we have here in, uh, with Xi Jinping uh, a leader uh, who's overstepped his bounds, uh, who's beyond his capacity and is increasingly becoming paranoid. And as this regime and the crisis of this regime worsens, it spreads to the elite, obviously, and deepens and broadens, uh, we should expect action against Taiwan, that uh, this paranoid leader uh, and the illegitimate clique that he's running uh, is going to aggress. Therefore, we should expect aggression against Taiwan, uh, I think, far sooner uh, than is believed in Washington, D.C., for example, or in, in many circles where it's at least a couple of years out. The regime is in a legitimation crisis. It makes it fundamentally dangerous. And to resolve the box he got him, that Xi Jinping has got himself into, He's going to reach out and start a war uh, to help him uh, resolve the situation. So it's a profoundly dangerous time. Uh, and Do, 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 Dr. Thayer, Dr. hang on for one second. I, I just got to ask you about this legitimization. Miles Aguo, about two years ago, talked to me about this. And, of course, Miles is one of the heads of the anti-CCP movement, so he comes with his own kind of set worldview. But then I heard from a lot of China hands from council for people that have been 
working with the CCP, but then became kind of semi-hawks following what we did with the Trump administration. They reinforced it. And they said, particularly Wan Shishan, who stepped back a little bit, I guess, is the number two in, in, the, in the financial henchman, was spending all of his time worrying about in, in meeting cadres, talking about this this issue of the Chinese Communist Party's legitimization. What drove that? Why the sudden these guys have been in power for so long? They've subjugated the Chinese people, Lao Beijing. They've got at least to the outside world that this kind of economic miracle uh, supported by, although even if a lot of it's a Potemkin village financed by the West. Why does Wan Shishan a couple of years ago, who's really the hammer, why does he pivot and start to worry about that? I think for two major reasons. One, because the fruits of communism are now being born, right? That, that this, the misrule of this, this ideology doesn't work. It's never worked. Uh, they were able to move it along this far because of force and coercion, gross human rights abuses, and because we bailed them out, right? That we allowed them to enter our economic ecosystem, which allowed the CCP, gave them a rebirth, uh, when they might have been overthrown, they had a chance uh, to, under Deng Xiaoping, a, a, a great strategist uh, who recognized that uh, he could make Western elites his partner. Uh, Wall Street and U.S. firms would invest uh, in the CCP and they would get rich uh, together, thus saving the CCP. And some crumbs would flow down to the Chinese people. Uh, so for those reasons, Steve, uh, things were able to essentially sputter along to where we are today. But now those that time is over. And it's the Biden administration is obviously trying to save them uh, with the cavalcade of leadership uh, of, of, of uh, secretaries, for example, and John Kerry, who have uh, visited. But the fundamental problem is rooted in the ideology. It's rooted in the fact that they were allowed into our eco economic ecosystem and Trump did his utmost to try to root them out of that. But the problems, social problems, economic problems, the demographic problems, but fundamentally uh, the misrule of Xi Jinping and his paranoia, uh, which is greatly increasing, are leading them to this crisis today. And the, we, should, we should mark it well because this is going to have profound implications uh, for the people of the world, for the United States, the American people, our military, uh, for our allies, and, and globally. It's a, it's a very dangerous time. Steve, could I just make one quick point on this? Uh, it wouldn't, sure, uh, sure. Brad's exactly right, of course, when he's talking about the previous bailout. A man who played an instrumental role in that previous bailout by the flow of funds from Wall Street to the Chinese Communist Party is the man who's now being investigated for impeachment for bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors. I think treason ought to be among them. That would be Joe Biden. His 2013 memorandum of understanding, which he presided over and helped get done, gave the Chinese Communist Party, as you know, preferential access to our capital markets. So not only were we making a very, very ill-advised play to prop up our mortal enemy, but we were also doing it on a basis that put American investors at material and undisclosed risk and has kept them there 
with the distinct possibility that if the war that uh, Brad is talking about comes, they'll lose everything. That ought to be on the docket for this inquiry as well. Thank you. Amen. Shall we get to uh, John Lachowski with some of his insights based on having actually helped take down a totalitarian system like the Chinese Communist Party, namely the Soviet Union, and what we need to be doing now? Sure, let's do it. John, over to you. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you very much for inviting me. Um, I think this is a terrific program, and uh, I'm and, and I'd just like to say that uh, uh, it is part of the solution. Uh, I believe that the, the real solution here first has to come with telling the truth. The truth is the most powerful weapon that we have. Uh, ideally, it should come from those who have the biggest megaphones in our country uh, and around the world, principally the president and his cabinet members. Uh, but uh, the, the, the truth is necessary because there has been so much self-censorship by so many people in our leadership for so many years about the nature of, of Chinese communism. And it all started when Henry Kissinger and, 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 and Richard Nixon opened the door to China as a way of, of doing 19th century balance of power politics uh, to, to play the so-called China card against the Soviet Union. And in the process of that, uh, it made the, uh, the, it, it distinguished between bad communists, the, the Soviet Union, and the good communists uh, in Beijing. And that created an element of moral strategic confusion that continues to last to this day among many segments of our public and particularly our elites. Uh, there has been a catastrophic lack of understanding of the nature of communism, of its history, uh, of how it works. Uh, people think that, uh, that China moved into, ceased to be a communist country. Of course, that was a central disinformation and strategic deception theme of uh, uh, of the Chinese communists and their their political influence operations, and uh, uh, the, the 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 lack of of study about communism uh, has meant that so many people uh, have completely misunderstood its genetic code, and and its. Um, uh, and the fact that even under Lenin in the 1920s, Lenin adopted uh, market reforms, ostensible market reforms, some decentralization of economic decision making uh, that, uh, that was perfectly in consonance with orthodox communism. Well, uh, that's telling the truth about all of these things, about the nature of, its, of the regime, its crimes against its own people, uh, its aggression and subversion and espionage and technology theft abroad, its elite capture, as Frank mentioned earlier, all of these are all of this is a prerequisite for an intelligent strategy. But then, uh, a lot of people have come up with many good defensive strategies uh, concerning uh, the CCP, uh, denying uh, them access to our capital markets. 
um, giving, uh, bolstering our military, bolstering the Taiwanese uh, military, uh, and uh, you know, restricting uh, their their access to our scientific research institutions uh, and, and and all of the other methods by which they they um, are uh, uh, stealing our intellectual property. Uh, <clears throat> But uh, I think that is what's absolutely key is to, to help bring about political change in China. And uh, this is an offensive strategy and not simply defense. And um, in order to do, we can't do that. It's the Chinese people who have to do it. But the Chinese people have been suppressed. They are atomized. That means every individual is separated from every other individual because of an atmosphere of fear and mistrust. <clears throat> People have to uh, live according to the ideological party line. The ideology is central to all of this. And of course, it's, it's directly related to the question of legitimacy that Brad raised earlier. The, the, the central fact of political life in, in, in communist China is the illegitimacy of the regime, the fact that it rules without the consent of the governed, and that the regime is afraid of its own people. And that fear of its own people is, is the central fact of, of political life there. And, and so that's why they have this massive in, internal security system um, for the state uh, you know, and 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 the ideology and the the, the which sets the standard of conformity. Um, it's it's the vehicle of thought control, speech control, and ultimately behavior control, is is an essential part of that internal security system. But also another uh, part of it is the. Uh, all right, Doctor um, Dr. John, can you just hang her? For, can you just hang her for one second? I want to continue this. We're sure. gonna, we we got to take a short commercial break. We're going to return. Absolutely fascinating. And, and Frank, once again, thank you uh, so much for putting this together. We're going to take a short commercial break. We'll be back in the war room in just a moment. can happen anywhere. Fires, hurricanes, tornadoes, mudslides. Regular cell service is fragile and it can go down in an instant. That's why you absolutely need a satellite phone. Because when that happens, when the cell towers go down, how will you contact your loved ones? How will you contact emergency services? But with a sat phone, if you can see the sky, you can make a call. It's got 100% global coverage, ensuring you're always within reach. Your calls are secure and private. No one's eavesdropping. Even the U.S. military trusts these phones to communicate securely. Your text messages encrypted. Only the intended recipient can read them. Everything you do with this phone is 100% private and 100% secure. Now, right now, our trusted partners at War Room 
the satellite phone store is giving you a free Iridium 9555 satellite phone and a free Garmin watch with a 24-month plan if you go to sat123.com slash Bannon right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon right now. Be ready for anything. The earthquake, wildfires, terrorism, anything, anywhere on Earth. With your new satellite phone today, you're always in contact. So go do it today. You get everything that we talked about as well as your free bonuses. Visit sat123.com slash Bannon and use code Steve50 at checkout for free activation or dial the following number, 941-955-1020 to snag your free Iridium 9555 satellite phone today. That's sat123.com slash Bannon, code Steve50 or call 941-955-1020. I am the last person on earth to nag your, about your diet. I think you can see I don't always make the healthiest food choices either. But I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens every morning. Unlike the others, each fruit and each vegetable and field of greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs like heart, lungs, kidneys, and immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust field of greens to help me stay healthy. Field of greens works fast. You feel better with more energy, and you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take field of greens. Now, let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code Bannon. That's promo code Bannon at fieldofgreens.com. Fieldofgreens.com. More energy. You'll look better. You'll feel better. And you'll get what the Mayo Clinic says is what you need in fruits and vegetables every day. Fieldofgreens.com. Code Bannon. Take agency. Do it today. Action, action, action. For War Room veterans, you know we have been all over this supply chain issue with China and medications and the uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. China has a stranglehold on us where there's a way to break that. Jace Medical. I got an emergency medication kit from them. The FDA just declared a global shortage of medication and warned that critical antibiotics are in extreme short supply across the United States. But you know that because you're a viewer or listener of the show. Now, here's the action you can take to correct. Do yourself and your family a favor and get your Jace case right now. It's a pack of five prescription antibiotics you'll have on hand for common emergencies. Just visit jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com. Take a few minutes and fill out the form. Your information will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medication will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. You'll be glad you have the Jace case. Go to Jace Medical. That's one word, J-A-S-E, medical.com, and enter code Bannon at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code Bannon at Jace, J-A-S-E, medical.com. You know what the problem is because you've watched the show. 
you can break, you can take action and break that problem by going to Jace Medical and get your Jace case today. Action, action, action. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. By the way, one of the great institutions we have in the fight for uh, freedom throughout the world, the Institute of World Politics, the head of it, uh, the founder of it, uh, Dr. Lanchowski joins us. Sir, you, continue on. You, you had this thought. I want to make sure we fully develop it. So, so continue on. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Um, the point that I would like to emphasize here is that not only is the ideology an essential part of the internal security system, but the, what I consider to be the, really the nucleus of that system is the, is the regime's monopoly control of information and communications, uh, which is what enables them to have their ideological party line uh, prevail over the minds of the Chinese people. Um, that monopoly has to be broken so that the Chinese people can communicate with one another. Because if they can't communicate with one another well, they cannot organize into cells of resistance. Uh, and there is resistance in China. There is somewhere around, there are somewhere around 150,000 civil disturbances in China, as many as that every year. Usually they're demonstrations uh, against local corruption uh, by local communist officials and, and, the, and the local uh, you know, privileged authorities. But, 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 um, but, but hang on, Dr. Lomchowski, there's no doubt, there's no doubt that there's a seething freedom and liberty movement of the Chinese people, Lao Beijing. You saw that in Tiananmen Square, the goddess of, of democracy. However, I, I just got to ask, I've got Captain Fennell, who's one of the great heroes in the American military in the 21st century, cashiered because he spoke the truth about the Chinese threat. You got Dr. Bradley Thayer, who's beloved by our audience. That's no longer at the university he used to be at when he first came on here, right? You've got um, you've got Gaffney's under in the committee on the present danger under pressure all the time. Tough for them to get on media because they're considered too too uh, too radical in their confrontation with the Chinese Communist Party. Donald Trump's got ninety. Well, the leader who actually went against China institutionally and shifted the whole focus of our government. Ninety-one indictments, seven hundred years in prison. Miles Guo who came over as a dissident and kind of mentored a lot of us about the dangers of the CCP. It sits in a federal prison in Brooklyn with all any rights of, the, of any American citizen thrown out the window pre-trial. And Steve Bannon, I've already got a four-month federal uh, prison sentence in front of me and, and more to come. So as the Chinese people, and the one thing you know about the Chinese, they're quite practical and quite pragmatic. As they sit there and look, at the people that have been at the forefront of the anti-CCP movement in the United States, the bastion of liberty and freedom, that are under assault at every level. How can they sit there and think, hey, the Americans are going to help us here? The Americans, in fact, the Americans that try to help them are the ones under the most pressure by the uniparty elite in our country, sir. Well, um, I acknowledge the pressure that uh, the, the figures, yourself included, have been under. Uh, but I'd also like to say that thanks to a lot of people's work, including yours and Frank's and Brad's and so on, and, 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 and Captain Fennell's, for goodness sake, there has been a considerable increase in the number of people who are writing, speaking, 
and, and, and discussing these issues about China. Uh, it is a major improvement that has happened within the last several years. Uh, and there, there are, uh, and, 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 and they, not every one of those people is, is under attack. And so there is some cause for optimism along those lines. There are an increasing, there's an increasing number of, of good sinologists out there. There are Capitol Hill staffers who are working on these things. I've been in touch with, uh, with, with a couple of them. Um, and, uh, and, and we're and graduating committee. people. Dr. Lemchowski, but I, 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 yes, I fully got that. And by the way, I wasn't trying to say poor woe is us. All of us are tough hombres, and we knew what we were signing up for. So we get it. I'm saying about the Chinese people making a bet. You dedicated your life, a big portion of your working life, as Frank Gaffney and others, to take down the, the, the communist regime that was destroying the Russian people. And think about it. Within six months... Of the Berlin Wall coming down six months before then Tiananmen Square, where the American elites came in and bailed out the Chinese Communist Party when they're absolutely about to collapse. So if I'm Lao Baijing and I look in 1949, the United States essentially gave the country to Mao Zedong. And in 1989, when the Chinese people, not with no help from the United States, rose up to throw off these barbarians and these savages. They were bailed out by the American elites and not just that, the Republican Party conservative elites. And now look again where many of the big donors of the Republican Party and the fat cats are every day trying to finance them and bail them out. And quite frankly, the Bush regime right now is trying to do another bailout. How can the Chinese people, how can Lao Beijing sit there and go, people in the United States, how can they be, even if some of these people have goodwill and good intentions, their government, the government of the United States has consistently since time immemorial supported this dictatorial regime, sir. Well, I can only say that for all of the people who have been compromised and neutralized by Beijing in our country, and you're talking about media, Hollywood, sinologists, graduate students, uh, members of Congress, local uh, local political officials, businesses, etc. For all of that, let's remember that the there was that it was a very small number of people during the Reagan administration who actually developed the strategies to help put the straws on the Soviet camel's back. I would say that it is not more than about two dozen people altogether who were in key. Uh, policy-making positions who made the policy. There were hundreds of implementers, but a very small number of policymakers. And so in a world where a single person can make a difference, in a world where Alexander Solzhenitsyn says that one, way, one word of truth outweighs the world, uh, I am not pessimistic about this. And, and I believe that with good leadership, we can good. turn, uh, turn the tide and we can help the Chinese people whom we should start calling our allies in this struggle against Amen. totalitarianism. Amen, indeed. Amen. Dr. Lemchowski, can, can, uh, can we, Captain Fennell? Yeah, and I got to ask Captain Fennell, just for our audience, sir, when you stood up, and I want you to stood up years ago and talk truth to power to warn the American people. And everything you said was true and has come true today. 
Did you believe at that time that the country would be in the shape it's in today, what, 10 years later or slightly over 10 years later of what your warning was to the, not just the American military, but to the American people? Well, first of all, thank you so much uh, for inviting me. I'm honored to be on this panel. Uh, no, I did not think things would go this fast in terms of our own internal decay and cancer that seems to be eating us out. Uh, but I'm very, uh, like uh, Dr. Lankowski, uh, his enthusiasm and positivism is something that we have to continually put before us, that we are Americans and we don't give up and we keep fighting. And that message goes through uh, to people even in China, in my opinion. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I, I, I kind of wanted to address the, the Neanderthal part of this uh, discussion, which is where I live most of the time, which is what do we have to do? Uh, first, I, th I have four elements. Four, the first is the culture of the Department of Defense. Yesterday, you had uh, Colonel Grant Newsham on, and I just wholeheartedly concur with what he said about stopping the social engineering and the wokeism that's infecting, uh, and it is a cancer, into the Department of Defense. So that was the first thing that has to change, is we have to have Congress outlaw these kinds of things. So that's the first thing we need to do. The second would be how we approach uh, the PRC and the PLA in terms of talking about them and what they're doing. Um, for instance, when Putin invaded the Ukraine, the American people understood what was happening. They had some reporting that was from the Ukraine that said, here's what's happening, where we're being attacked. In 1990, we knew what Saddam was doing when he invaded Kuwait. We knew what happened and the American people understood what happened when Hitler invaded the Sudetenland and took over Poland and things of that nature. We have not done a good job in telling the American people what the PLA is doing. And we have been bringing this up. It was actually in some congressional legislation in 2019 and National Defense Authorization Act. And there seems to be an institutional resistance inside the Department of Defense and specifically at Indo-PACOM that does not want to report out what the PLA is doing on a daily basis. Uh, for instance, right now as we're talking, the Chinese have a 10-ship surface action group, carrier strike group, operating east of Taiwan, flying uh, and threatening Taiwan, and also northern Luzon in the Republic of the Philippines, our treaty ally. Uh, also today, the USS America amphibious assault helicopter ship with some Canadian ships and South Korean ships are conducting the 73rd year anniversary of the uh, landing at Incheon. And today, the Global Times said, those ships should not be in the Yellow Sea and Chinese military forces are able to target and strike U.S. warships in the Yellow Sea. They do a lot more than that, but this is a couple of examples of where the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command and the Department of Defense refuse to educate the American people about the military threat that's coming from the PRC. We hear about economic threats, we hear about chips, but we don't hear about the threat. And when we talk about an invasion of Taiwan, which we, we, we have already today, Sometimes people forget that it's not just an invasion of Taiwan and Taiwan people. When the PRC invades Taiwan, they will kill Americans that are stationed in Japan, that are in Guam, that are stationed maybe in deployment status in the Philippines. They are going to kill Americans. So when we talk about invading Taiwan, it's not just a, well, who cares about the Taiwanese, which we should, but it's also about caring about American sailors and soldiers and Marines and airmen. The other thing we need to do is, how do we operate in the Pacific? Um, we have a lot of people that are, are forces that conduct intelligence, surveillance, and reconnaissance operations. 
sometimes I worry about that they're going to be picked off. We had ships that were transiting through the Taiwan Strait. They're at risk. So if we have the right mentality to be able to prepare ourselves for an attack, a sneak attack from the Chinese. I don't think our forces are necessarily uh, incapable of that defense, but I don't think it's a culture that's being hammered into them to be prepared for something like that. And we need to have that, which gets us to the last point, which is really about uh, our defense industrial base. The things that I've talked about are the things that we need to be able to have uh, to operate in that heightened posture. So we need the Congress to pass what they did in the 1940, the Two Ocean Navy Act, which built thousands of warships uh, for the U.S. Navy. What are we doing in that regard today to bring and build the U.S. Uh, Pacific Fleet? I think there's um, our Air Forces have uh, building requirements, industrial base requirements, and most importantly, our nuclear force structure is in dilapidated shape, relatively speaking to the great strides that the PLA has made uh, over the last uh, decade, uh, with now 350 ICBM silos out in central and western China, to combined with the new improved uh, uh, ballistic missile submarines they have with the JL-3 that can range uh, most of the west coast of the United States from uh, the bastions of the South China Sea or the, uh, the, uh, the Yellow Sea, if you will. So China has a capacity to strike nuclear weapons on the United States of America today. Where are we in, t in terms of deterring that? Also, we should be putting and thinking and talking about tactical nuclear weapons to be brought into Taiwan because we have to do something right now to deter Xi, uh, as we've discussed in this, in this broadcast, about how he's under a lot of pressure. Who knows when he's going to strike out? A lot of smart people are saying in the next 12 to 18 months, and we need to be prepared for a war, but more importantly, we have to do something to throw sand in his planning gears to cause him to stop and reconsider. And the most immediate thing we can do is to put tactical nuclear weapons on Taiwan. And then the second thing we can do is to start operating U.S. military forces in and out of Taiwan, naval ship port visits, naval operations uh, with the Taiwans and our other allies, and as well as air forces and, and other U.S. military operations. Most people say that's crazy and it's in, it will incite China to act. I think what we really need to re recognize is they have not planned for that. They have not calculated that. And those are the actions that we should be taking. Um, if, if we, for, well, if we for deploy we, tactical nuclear weapons, if we for deploy tactical nuclear weapons into Taiwan and she was to strike, that surface action group, what, what would happen to a carrier battle group today as far as war fighting goes, in your mind, Captain Fennell, uh, if there was an attack, would, would, how long would a surface action group, carrier battle group, last in the Straits of Taiwan today? In the tr Straits of Taiwan, they wouldn't last very long. So we wouldn't put the carrier in the strait. We would keep it east of Taiwan, and that's the real problem, is that the Chinese have built what they call counter-intervention weapons that are designed to keep us outside of the second island chain with ballistic missiles like the DF-21D, the DF-26, that can range to Guam, the DF-26. So if we go inside west of Guam towards Taiwan, we are now under the envelope of these ballistic missiles that are traveling at Mach 10 to Mach 30 and are corking in, corkscrew in, to make them very difficult to hit. So we have systems that can deceive those uh, sensors on those missiles, but but that's not a 100% guarantee. So we're operating under duress in those uh, threat envelopes, but we have to get close enough 
for our air wings to be able to deliver ordnance to be able to strike the fleet that the, the PRC would have to come across the strait or to, to disrupt their air control or air supremacy strategy that they would have for over the strait and over Taiwan. So this is the real challenge is that we have to get inside and fight a bare knuckle fight inside a, an enemy that has longer arms and longer reach and better weapons. And this is the real challenge that we have right now, which means that we have to accelerate our military modernization and we can't just go along to get along and continue to act like the same procurement strategies that we've had for decades, the last 30 years, are not going to cut it. The shipbuilding plan that you get from this new CNO, Admiral Franchetti, she was the vice chief of naval operations. She didn't do anything to really dramatically change that and we were on a trajectory slowly going down. We need something that makes us go up. We need to think out of the box about other capabilities, drones, unmanned systems, retired ships that we had in, in, in mothballs. Can we bring those out and put something on them that allow them to become like arsenal ships? We have to treat this for the threat that it is. And get better leadership Cap as Captain well. Captain Fennell, we got to bounce. Yeah, what is your what is your social media? How do people get to you to find out more about your writing, your thinking? I I don't have a social media account. I just do emails on my what I call my red star. We don't want to give. We, Check them out. Yeah, at, we don't uh, want to give you your email out. Danger China and securing America. We're uh, featuring them regularly. Doctor Thayer, Bradley Thayer. Where do people? Where do our audience who loves you? Where do they go to get you? Uh, CenterForSecurityPolicy.org uh, is a great way. And then uh, on Getter and Truth at uh, Bradley Fair. Dr. Lomchowski, uh, Institute of World Politics. I want everybody to get access to that. Where do people go? Where do people go to get you personally? Um, our website is IWP.edu. Institute of World Politics, IWP.edu. And I, uh, I have a number of my speeches uh, on, uh, on, under our events tab. Um, and uh, you can Google me for articles and some of the books that I've written. I need, to, uh, I need to do a little bit more. I have my own, you know, John hyphen uh, uh, you know, dot com. Uh, website, but um, uh, I don't put a lot of stuff on there. Uh, but uh, we're, you know, we at IWP are teaching graduate students and putting them into the permanent government. Uh, and and it is, and, and many of them are making enormous contributions for our national security. And so we're always Absolutely. interested finding students to come and, and study who want to serve their country. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Thank you, sir. Great warrior. Frank Gaffney. Um, I'm just going to close by saying uh, we have treated you all to a important introduction to many of these topics. Uh, much more is contained in this book, which Steve published at uh, War Room Imprint. Uh, we're available at uh, theindictmentbook.com. Also, presentdangerchina.org for all of these webinars, and uh, not least, uh, our show, securingamerica.tv. I commend that to you as well. Steve, thank you so much for taking the time it was the to do it this. Was, I hope we can do it again. Do you Thank you. Yeah, the quality of this is unbelievable. By the way, the reason that we made the indictment, the first book under our new imprint with Skyhorse, is 
as Captain Fennell always tells me, keep the main thing the main thing, and that is taking down the Chinese Communist Party. Guys, thank you very much, gentlemen. Okay, uh, tomorrow we're going to be on fire. I think you're going to have two hours with just me. There's so much news going on, so much analysis. We're going to break it all down from the fights on Capitol Hill to the impeachment to this the grand strategic effort to destroy the Chinese Communist Party. Make sure you go to – I've got major announcements about Birch Gold and a new uh, installments we're putting out in the uh, – new installments we're putting out in the end of the dollar empire. King dollar is under assault by the elites of this country, by the Federal Reserve, by the Central Bank Digital Currency, by BRICS, by everybody. The de-dollarization movement continues. Birchgold.com slash Bannon. Go there today to get all the information so that you are a mighty warrior in our cause. Going to live with uh, Billy Strings, Unclouded Day. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning live at 10 o'clock. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. Do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.